much love. We are back with another hot, hot, hot week of Ravage Love, Julie. Hello, Renee. Hello. How are you? I am so good. How are you? So good. I got to go to my fourth visit at the COVID test center this morning. Like, I don't want to brag, so. Oh, shit. Do they give you stickers or like little stamps on your card? No. Imagine, though. Like, imagine. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the fifth one. They come to your house. That would be. Ooh. And then yeah. the sixth one is like a cheek swab and not a brain prod. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Here's some hot tips, though, for those of you having to go for COVID tests. Don't book for the first appointment in the morning because you'll likely have to line up outside and it's winter and it's cold. However, book yourself for the second or third appointment of the morning because you will get a throat swab, not a nose swab. The reason you get a nose swab over a throat swab is because they run out of throat swabs for the day. Oh. Also, hot tip: you can tell them you have a narrow um, septum. Okay, and yeah. then they have to give you a throat jabber. And for the record, it's not that Renee lives a uh, reckless lifestyle; it's because she no. has three children. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Got got the call yesterday from my son, who was like, "Hey, so someone in my gym class tested positive. Can you come get me?" And I was like, "How long you been wearing masks in gym?" He's like, "A couple days." I was like, "Get the fuck get in my car." <laughs> So he's just walking around with that uh, microban, spraying everything he touches, and um, it's just how we do. It's just what we're doing. So, well, hopefully his tests come back negative. Oh, I hope so. And hopefully we continue down the path that we are on this week because longtime listeners will know that last week's episode was a little bit different in tone because our books were so problematic that we thought we can't make fun of this. We have to actually talk serious. But now we are back on the smut train. Woohoo! Choo-choo! Sluts are coming. What was our theme this week? Ooh, it was firefighters! <laughs> yes, we went there. And please know that there was a plethora of firefighter books to choose so from. So many. So many. If you are hot for a firefighter, girl, we got good news for you which is the kindle store the kobo store harlequin like you name it they have books on sexy firefighters i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because they're jacked and they're saving people i don't know what it is but they're the only ones who get you know sexy calendars every year like people just are so thirsty for firefighters because they're hot 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 so uh and in my case they were hot to trot and get hey yeah so, so I'm going to launch into my book this week because just the title alone got me excited. It's called okay. Four Alarm Fire at the Station House. <laughs> <laughs> book one in the Hot for Heroes collection. Uh, and my thing with firefighters that I find hilarious is that I actually know firefighters. And if you know firefighters in real life, you realize that most of their job is just sitting around working out and eating kind of like being in prison like there's a lot of cooking (laughs) there's a lot of eating but a lot of working out and so i'm unsurprised that the world of firefighters would be just ripe for some gay lit uh, because it's a bunch of dudes who are really jacked spending a lot of time and i mean they slide on a pole like i mean it just it it's just, it's just perfect. So Clint Floyd wrote The Four Alarm Fire at the Station House. And I couldn't find a lot of information about Clint. But 
I did find this incredible quote that is the only bio of his I could find, which is, <clears throat> I write mind-blowing gay erotica, the hardcore stuff. So that's what you're signing up for. And if you look up Clint Floyd, you can find that he does a lot of gay firefighters, but it's also super into gay cowboys and gay westerns. Just loves, 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 loves gay erotica that features a lot of anal. And this book was no exception. So this book was a whopping nine pages. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, read it all in uh, just a few minutes. But... <laughs> starts off with Brad. So Brad is a big city gay who uh, is going getting, <laughs> getting over a breakup. And I say that because I'm from a small town and there's small town gay and there's big city gay. And it just, if you don't know, then you don't know, but it really is. You a don't thing. know. <laughs> but Renee, you're from a small town, you know, small town lesbians and big city lesbians are, are two completely different categories. They're not even totally different level of flannel. And I'm just going to say that right now. A hundred percent. And like one is wearing actual work boots. The other's wearing Tim's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's it's yeah. there, but there's a difference. So Brad, big city gay, who uh, trying to get over a breakup, just trying to shake up his life, start over again, decides to move to a small town in order to kind of like, get off the rat race also of like work, 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 and just sort of like, I want to find myself and just like be in a chill space. But he feels a little bit lost at first because he doesn't know people and because he's gay and it's a small town. So he decides to sign up to train to be a firefighter. So he signed up to be a firefighter. He's done his training. He's kind of starting his career and he's assigned to, you know, a station. And from the jump, he is unbelievably thirsty for Antonio. Oh. Antonio is <laughs> a jacked firefighter with a quote, hot as hell body. And all he wants to do is, and I quote, Get bent over and take that huge Italian salami up the ass. End quote. So, Don't we all? I mean, yeah. So Brad <laughs> is thirsty for Antonio's sausage. And he's like lying in this little cot. And he's in the station house. And he's thinking about it. And he's like getting all fired up. And then he looks over. And Antonio has a raging heart on that he just happened to have in his sleep. A uh, little known fact. For many women, this is a thing that does happen. So he's got like his night wood, basically. And Brad looks over and he's like, oh my God, his dick is so thick and juicy. And then somehow he like he goes to jerk off and then rustles the covers, which then wakes up Antonio, who literally looks at him and gives him a look that he realizes like, oh, okay, he's into this. Because he wasn't sure if Antonio was gay. He noticed that Antonio had looked him up and down a few times. So he suspected that he was at least bi, but he never made a move because he wasn't sure. But now Antonio sees him trying to touch himself and he's like, um, hello, sir. Uh, mm. I am here for you. And then says, are you going to jerk off or are you going to let me fuck you? what dreams come true dreams come true and so sure enough brad's like i'm ready and then antonio fucks brad with his big old monster cock and then in the process jerks brad off to and i say this because the details really burnt in my brain now till his come like paints the wall oh yeah okay. yeah so antonio 
got off in Brad. Brad got off on the wall. Uh, it turns out they're also both romantics who prefer long-term monogamous relationships. So the assumption uh-huh. is that this is going to be more than just one little fuck. But they have a fuck. And then it ends. And that is <laughs> four alarm fire at the station house. Clint Floyd, book one of Hot for Heroes. Now, genitals, we've got cock, we've got asshole, pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Now, it's only nine pages, but for the spice factor, I'm definitely going to give it five out of five saprasata sausage, which according to the <laughs> internet and my Italian friends is a type of spicy sausage. <laughs> <laughs> because it was hot and it was consensual which you know i love um yeah. and it was consensual in a way that was like organic and hot and um there was no condom usage which i didn't appreciate but you know it's fantasy we can do what we want um other than the visual of just like splat on the wall um, <laughs> which i just really couldn't get past how unhot that was to me very hot very hot very into it there was like some eating of ass some fucking some little cuddling at the end it was delightful so i uh, yeah it was spicy and it was unoffensive and it was uh and it was gay and you know i love a good gay story so i know you do yeah so that was the, yeah. that was my read this week what'd you read this week oh julie oh i read fire daddy by renee rose um which is not only my name but also the last name i wish i had david um <laughs> so okay so fire daddy mm. so it opens with leah leah is uh the daughter of a cop has four older brothers who are also all cops um and she has decided to become a firefighter She's very, very tiny, tiny little thing, but, um, you know, can, can hold, can hold her own with a group of dudes. Um, so she's busted her ass. She has, um, you know, applied multiple times to get this position. She's the first female firefighter in this crew and she's determined to like, you know, be one of the guys. So Leah has begun at the fire hall and she decides that she's going to play strip poker with the guys to just kind of show that like you know she's cool um and so they're doing that and then who walks in but the fire captain blaze and blaze is not impressed because he's a professional and he's very serious about like we don't need a sexual harassment case on our on our backs here and you're being inappropriate with her she didn't work her ass off to get here only to have to play strip poker with you guys like shame on you um and then he gives her trouble too he's like you know that's not okay that's not appropriate like you can't do that with these guys there's no fraternizing that way um you know just do your job and she's like okay so um she works with three other firefighters rocket james and scott and they're her backup they're they're all buddy buddies and that's her backup so um blaze's real name is ted mckenzie and i like that old Ted McKenzie. He's in his late 30s. He is tall, tattooed, and quote, beefalicious. Um, very tall man. Striking blue eyes. Um, they call it the blazing the blazing gaze. Um, and his name's Blaze, and I think that's just darling. So, um, Leah's not happy with kind of how he uh, reprimanded her in front of the other firefighters, even though he did the same thing to them. So she decides she's going to go confront him and just be like, Hey, can you like next time that something like that happens, like please 
you know, be kinder about it, be more subtle. Um, and she goes to confront him and he's sort of like, um, you know, like you gotta just like keep working hard. Sorry that I did that in front of the guys. You know, I just, I, I really don't want them to treat you unfairly. Um, and so she kind of lets her anger go. And then she goes back into uh, her little cubicle and it turns out that when she's stressed out, she lights matches because Leah is a pyromaniac. Ooh, plot yeah. twist. Yes, and Leah's a pyromaniac um, who accidentally burnt down her family's home when she was 16 years old. And for that reason, she lives with a tremendous amount of guilt. Um, and as it happens, Blaze also knows that she's a pyromaniac who burnt down her family home because he was on the scene when it happened. Ooh. he was one of the firefighters that put out the blaze so um so you know she instead of like other harmful things like drinking or cutting or those things she lights matches and um she goes home to visit her family big puerto rican irish family um, she goes home to go visit her family for her nephew's birthday. Um, and her mom has like burns on her arms because she tried to save her kids in the fire. So she got burnt. So <clears throat> Leah's just living with a tremendous amount of guilt. And then she finds out from one of her cop brothers that he heard from a friend who works at another fire station that the team have been taking bets to see when she's going to quit at the firehouse. And so she's just riled up. She's angry. She's not happy about it. Since she's on shift, she goes back to the firehouse and to like calm her nerves, she starts um, lighting matches again and Blaze can smell the sulfur from the matches. And so he goes over to her room and he's like, listen here. He's like, you cannot be lighting matches in my firehouse. Like, that's not okay. Um, but when he goes to her cubicle, she's just there in like her firefighter t-shirt and some little pink panties. And he gets really upset because they're not regulation panties, Julie. They're like polyester. And he's like, in his head, he's like, you know, those would fuse to your body in a fire. Like, you can't you can't wear that. Um, and so he accidentally, in this moment, um, calls her a little girl. And that just gets, like, her pussy wet. Um, and... She's just like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, but you, you can't be lighting these matches. You can't be doing this. And she starts to kind of fight back with him. And he's like, listen, he's like, if you don't stop, I'm going to spank that juicy ass red. <gasps> and then he's like, he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then she's just like, oh, really? Um, and so she just kind of like, all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm into this. Um, and so then they start like. You know, he, he like pulls her panties up her butthole and is like rubbing her clit and shit. Um, so we learn then that she has a fetish for being dominated and he likes to dominate and it's a match made in heaven. Um, but as this happens, uh, the alarm goes off and they have to rush out to go and um, get the fire out. So he tells her, he's like, we're going to resume this conversation. Um, he's like, I know about the house that burnt down he's like and you know i'm gonna help you get over this issue with the matches and the fire um but like let me take you out to dinner i want to talk about this more so they go out to dinner um and she's just like expecting that they're gonna bang again so sure enough they go back to his house um and he says look i have this proposition for you i can help you kick the pyromania 
Um, at least get it to a place where you can control it. But we need to make an arrangement. Um, he's like, I'm, what I'm proposing is that I give you three punishments. And at the end of those three punishments, you will be better. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, do the pyromania thing. And she's so down for it. Cause she's like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Um, so they go to his house and he's going to just like start doling out the ass whippings. He's just going to spank her and she's here for it. So he starts giving her orders and stuff, um, and spanking her and shit. She fucking loves it. They're safe where Julie is fire truck. <laughs> so all that happens it's great um what i will say is that all of the punishments that they have all the sexual encounters they have it bothered me but it's it's important the author always wrote that he was putting on a condom and taking off a condom like that was something i've never read in a book before where it was like they always mentioned he was taking it off um but like that was a big part. He never ever had sex with her without a, con- a condom, and I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, that kind of starts. They're really happy about it. Uh, they plan to have another um, encounter, but he tells her, you know, you can't masturbate in the meantime. Um, I will call you to my office for like panty checks, and she's like, oh, I'm here for it. But the biggest thing is like they cannot reveal that they are having an affair together at the firehouse because. Um, I guess it's against the rules. So um, they have to keep it on the down low um, and just kind of keep it PG as much as possible at, at, at the firehouse. So they go to another fire and Leah realizes that it's being started by somebody. There's somebody starting fires and she's like, oh, I can tell because I was the same way. She keeps, and <laughs> Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like, I know. She's like, and game, so recognize game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, I know my boys. Um, so, <laughs> so she decides to run off during the fire to go try and find either the person lighting the fires or like the, um, whatever it is, like the, the thing that's, causing the fire so she finds like lighter fluid and gasoline and stuff and then she kind of runs into a tall lean figure and she had already assumed it was probably a kid because they're one of the fires was at a catholic school um she tries to chase him down but then blaze catches up with her this kid gets away and blaze is furious and he's furious because one she kind of let the team down by running away from like a fire and two he was really scared she was going to get hurt and he realizes at this point that like he's you know obviously getting very protective um and because he's like the dominant in this relationship um you know he just he feels this urge to protect her one of the dynamics in their relationship though um is you know he was like you have to you know say yes sir and she's like yes daddy and he's like oh fuck and so it's like this daddy baby relationship where sometimes he'll call her baby or little girl or dragon for some reason um but this is their dynamic that works for them which is why this book is called fire daddy um and i love it so um story goes on it turns out that blaze had a relationship with a woman that he met when she was pregnant and he decided to step in and like basically raise a kid with her 
And so at the end of one of their like punishment sessions, he gets a call from her and has to take off because it's like the little girl's birthday. And he's like, oh, it's my daughter's birthday. And so Leah's kind of like, what? But he does it really nonchalantly and just kind of pieces out. And he had done that before by saying like, oh, I have to help somebody move. And he just pieces out. So just kind of like, oh, are we just fucking? Or like, is this a relationship? What's going on? And it turns out that he has like the savior complex. Like he wants to save people. He wants to fix people. And one of the issues in his former relationship was that he, one, couldn't really be dominant in in a sexual way with his partner but also he was always just trying to fix the problems and and like take care of everybody um and that just became a really big turnoff um so he goes to uh this little birthday party uh the little girl's like three or four now um and immediately when he gets there he's asked to like start like going to pick up things and move things and he realizes oh they only want me here so i'll do things for them like if this has nothing to do with me being here because I raised this kid has everything to do with like they just want me to do stuff for them and so he makes this connection and he realizes this isn't cool and he decides to like take off they go to another fire it's constantly fire <laughs> um and Leah does the same thing where she goes off to try and find like the accelerant whatever it was that started the fire and then he it, it dawns on him that like he's so scared that she's gonna get hurt in a fire but because she has the instincts of a cop she would be a really good fire investigator. And so he's like, oh, I know that there's probably like uh, there's a training program and I want to send her to it. So he just he just signs her up for it and doesn't tell her. Um, after that, they go to another fire and <laughs> at the fire, it's this huge high rise. Um, and as they're climbing up the stairs and things, um, they find out like there's a dog freaking out one of the apartments. And so Leah realizes there's like a, a child passed out in the apartment. And so she's able to get through there and, and get the kid because she's so little. So she just like proves herself and she's like, I feel so good. I'm such a strong firefighter. This is great. Um, and then they realize like, Oh my God, she is a really great firefighter because she's little. And we wouldn't have been able to do this had she not been such a little lady. Um, so she's on the news and all this stuff and it's really great and then she comes back to the firehouse and she's not on the schedule anymore and she's like why am i not on the schedule and blaze says well i signed you up for this training uh for fire investigation and she takes it as like um you know you're trying to get me out of the firehouse because you're scared that i'm gonna like die and that's not fair you didn't ask me to do this and so she breaks up with him and he's really upset but he decides he's like i gotta like honor her space um then her birthday comes up and she's de so depressed she was really regretting breaking up with him but she stands by her laurels on this where she's like he didn't ask me any of this he's just trying to get rid of me i'm really sad over this but you know he shouldn't have done this and her cousin calls and she kind of tells her the story and she's like well you know yeah it sounds like you know you 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 know you would be very good in that role, but you were right. He, he he shouldn't have done that. That was not a nice thing to do. And like, it wasn't fair. And she's like, yeah. Um, but she decides at this point that she's going to tell her cousin about how she burnt down the house because she's just been living with this guilt her whole entire life. And she just in, in doing these like punishment sessions with blaze, she's realized like, she just needs to like be free of this, of this shame that she has. And so she reveals this to her cousin and her cousin's like, we know and she's like, what do you mean you know? She's like, girl, you play with matches all the time when you were a kid. Like, we know you started that fire. Also, the firefighters found out it happened in your garbage can. Like, they fuck. we all know. 
And she's like, oh, shit. So she goes to this her birthday party at her uh, parents' house. And she's sitting at the table with this big family. And she's just like, I'm sorry. It was me that started the fire. And I, I just like, I'm so sorry. And they're all just like, oh, my God. Like, no, we, we know. We knew that happened. Like, we love you. We never blamed you for this. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, we're just so happy that you were you were okay and you were safe. And we're so proud of you for becoming a firefighter. And so at that point, she's just like, oh, my God, like all of this guilt just like leaves her shoulders and she's just feels so much better. And she realizes, you know, Blaze did the, the wrong thing signing me up without talking to me, but he's a really good person. Um, meanwhile, Blaze is kind of like doing a ton of reflection and he realizes that he has boundary issues, that he's, you know, constantly trying to like step in and save people because it helps him like reconcile his own self-esteem issues and like that's where his identity is it's really like very thoughtful he's yeah. like really unpacking a lot of his shit um and so he decides i have to give this woman space i really want to be with her and i love her but i did the wrong thing and i need to honor her and by doing that i'm i'm gonna just reach out to her and let her know that i'm sorry and then just leave it to her to come to me if she wants that so he goes to her house he knows it's her apartment uh, her birthday and he leaves her these like big red roses and a letter and she he asks like the neighbor to bring it up and then he leaves a note saying like look out your window and he goes and he sits down in a park bench she gets all this and she reads his letter and it's really beautiful and lovely and he's like i'm going to give you your space but like go to your bedroom window i thought there was going to be a boombox julie and i was not ready for it <laughs> however here's what he did he lit a fire for her <gasps> Yeah, he took lighter fluid because he's a firefighter. He knows what he's doing. And he wrote, I heart you in lighter fluid. So it burned and then flamed out. And she was like, oh, my God, because in his letter, he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't need to fix you. Like, you're perfect just the way you are. There's nothing like, I'm sorry. And then he writes like, you know, I'm sorry in lighter fluid and lights it on fire. And then he writes like, um, happy birthday and lights it on fire. And so she's just like totally moved by this because she's like, oh my god like he he gets it and he loves me and this is great so he continues to give her space she decides she is going to go do this training because um it's really important to her and then um they have their third punishment session um everything's great <clears throat> but here's what i learned in punishment session number three there's a sex act called figging mm -hmm. do, you want, do you want to guess what figging is like the fruit yeah, it's not with a it's not with a fig, oh, but it's is that, oh. is that where you put like a branch inside someone's butt? You put a piece of ginger in someone's butt because it burns. Has it burns? And here's the quote from that: "Girls who play with matches get their assholes set on fire." And Julie, she loves every second of it. He whittled a ginger root into a small little butt butt plug for her, and they have mind blowing sex. And it's a very happy ending. So this book on a scale, it was, it, the, my rating for this, is, it was an eight alarm fire. I don't know if there's a higher number than eight alarm fire. <laughs> it was hot, hot, hot. Um, I was definitely like whew, caught off guard with like how intense this book was in terms of the sexual encounters. Always consensual. Even though it was like this dominant relationship, he was always like, will stop at any time if you don't like what i'm doing like just tell me i don't want to hurt you so please like let me know what your limits are like the whole kit and caboodle 
He was always um, using condoms. They were always having conversations about like what their play was going to look like. And, you know, the trust piece was there. Um, and ultimately, like there was this rich story about, you know, her unpacking her history of guilt and shame and him figuring out that he has like these like boundary issues and it was just such a lovely book it was a lovely book and like i said um i think i mentioned to you earlier like i was surprised how horny this book made me um i was real slick after reading this book julie lalone so i i love this okay so first of all i have a thousand questions yeah where did your book come from like, is it a Kindle ebook? Oh, it's, yeah, it's a Kindle ebook because I, I have that service where I get books for free. I can basically check them out on uh, Kindle. Um, so it was part of the like Kindle Unlimited um, series on Amazon. So it was free. Yeah. So, but like, it has a legit cover and like a legit publisher, right? Or is it self published? Um, I think there is a publisher. Um, it was originally released in 20, uh, 2018 under the name Blaze, and it was part of a series. Um, but then she re-released it in 2019 under the title Fire Daddy. Um, Renee Rose has actually written 152 books. Oh, shit. This is the thing yeah. is that, like, you know, the, as we've discovered, the subgenre of firefighter books is quite extensive and so there's mm-hmm. things like mine which is like a nine page ebook um and then there's like extensive things and so the name fire daddy to me sounds like it's gonna be uh like typical self-published really out there kind of book and so i'm delighted one i mean mm. the title just tickles me i love it but i'm also i'm delighted yeah. to hear that it's like actually was lo- long in-depth conversations of consent there was like unpacking of emotional trauma like i was like holy shit i was not expecting that based on solely what you said about at the jump but like this is the title of this book i'm like oh man (laughs) yeah i picked it specifically for its name um i didn't check how many pages it was going to be and the the fireman on the cover is just like this huge comically ripped man who looks like fucking tom hardy in the batman movies like he looks like bane (laughs) And I just thought it was so funny. I was like, this is it. This is the book I'm going to read. Um, and I was so not disappointed. It was it was lovely. Tons of tons of genital descriptions, like so many. Um, boobage, cock tease, um, pussy nipples, something called pathetic dicks. That was all right. Prick, junk in the trunk, wood, uh, cock, um, clit, anus, wad, wet heat, mons. Oh my like, god, when's the last time you heard mom? <laughs> like Big Mouth, there's like mom's bush. Um do you watch Big Mouth? Oh yeah, 100 percent 100 percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 percent And literally the only time I ever people hear people refer to Mons is um when they go and get Brazilians. <laughs> and they ask you, like, do you want to keep some hair on your mons or not? Um, oh my god, love that. But if you could insert mons into a sexual context, I mean I'm here for oh, yeah. it. I'm here for and that's talent. The only thing I didn't like in this book was that he would say that it was making his cock chubby. And I was like, Stop it. Ew. Stop it. Yeah. And that was the only thing. But everything else, like, I kind of cringed a little because it's like if you've had like proper dom sub encounters or no people like 
know of a stereotype of man who tries to do that. Like sometimes that's really cringy. And sometimes it's like in in the context of like the bedroom, it's so theatrical and uncomfortable. It's just like you can't get into your headspace for it. And I felt that way kind of reading how he was um like how he was talking and behaving in some of the like sexual encounters. But listen, Leah was all about it. And that's all that matters. Ex- that's all that matters. Exactly. Consent, enthusiastic joy. Oh, love to see it. Yeah. <sighs> oh my God. Yeah, love it. I'm so Very happy, happy for you. It. I'm so happy yeah. for you, truly. And now I feel yeah. like, yeah, I mean, compared to you, my book was nine pages. And so all I'm able to read for you is a tiny paragraph. Otherwise, I'd mm-hmm. be reading the whole thing or just half of a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'll just read you a little bit of Four Alarm Fire if you're interested. I am so interested. Perfect. Uh, so this is right after he's just just all over the wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> In case you forgot. Uh, like some fucking ectoplasm. 100%. This is basically Ghostbusters is what you're telling me. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to move it back a paragraph and I'm just going to read you that paragraph so you can know that I'm completely serious. So <clears throat> <laughs> Antonio unloaded into Brad and Brad painted the wall behind the cot with a hot load of creamy juice as they both grunted <laughs> and groaned their pleasure. Cox pulsing with mind-blowing orgasms, bodies aflame with sensation. Love some wordplay. Um, they unlocked from each other and fell into the bed, gasping, moisture covering both their bodies, the sheets beneath them now stained and damp with sweat, lube, and cum. Holy shit! Brad gasps. Holy fucking shit! Antonio <laughs> laughed. What's the matter? He asked Brad. Nothing. I've just never been fucked like that before, Brad said, giggling. Antonio put his arms around him and kissed him on the lips again, flashed that killer smile at him and said, Well, you better get used to it, babe. There's a lot more seriously hot fucking where that came from. <laughs> the end! <laughs> they spoke each other's love language. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That was mine. Tell me a little bit about yours. I think we need to, absolutely need to end with a piece of hot, hot action from your pyro. Um, I cannot read any of the hot, hot action in this because it's too hot for radio. So, yeah. I respect that. Um, but I am going to read. Um, you'll see. You'll see. Anyway, I for- Sorry, I forgot to mention. After Blaze does like the birthday stuff for her. He's already transferred to another fire hall because he wanted to make sure she didn't have to leave. Um, And so the next day she reveals to the other firefighters what had been going on. And they decide to go bring their new captain back to his old uh, firehouse and take their old captain back. But they try to stage it as a cute little kidnapping. And then the new captain's all in for it. And it's so cute. Oh and God. I loved it. I love that. God I know. Damn. I know. Your book was so tender, Renee. I know. I know. And she was so worried that all the other firefighters didn't like her. When she told them what was going on, they were like, I don't understand why you can't both work here. And she realized like they loved her and they loved him and they wanted them to be happy. And I was so happy. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. (sighs) Okay. Here we go. Pardon me. When I get to my door, I find a giant vase of flowers propped against my door. 
The flowers are spectacular like nothing I've ever seen. Brilliant flame orange tiger lilies mixed with blood red roses. It's a fire bouquet. The flowers you give a pyro. My foolish heart picks up speed, thrilled to be honored this way. I pick them up and find a long envelope behind with my name scrawled on the front in block letters. I open the door and stumble in, setting the flowers down to tear open the envelope. Leah, you were never a project to me. You were, are, the brightest thing to come into my life in a long time. Maybe ever. I think we had, have, something special together. And I'm sure as hell... And I sure as hell am going to do everything in my power to get it back. I'm so fucking sorry I tried to dick with your life without talking to you first. I never should have presumed that way. I understood. I understand now that I took the dynamic we have in the bedroom and applied it to real life and that was wrong and offensive. I want you to know that I put you back on the schedule starting tomorrow and I got myself transferred to another station so you don't have to worry about anything being awkward when you go back to work. That doesn't mean I don't want to work this thing out with you. I definitely do. I'm going to do everything I can to prove how much I respect you as a person, a firefighter, and the woman who turned my world on its head in bed. But I know I tend to move too fast and smother, so I want to give you space and time. That's why I'm saying this in a letter and not crowding you in person. Lastly, I want to say I don't need to fix you. There's nothing wrong. You're perfect as you are. In fact, I want to honor and love everything you love, including fire. Please look out your bedroom window. My breath sucks in and I'm already running to my bedroom and pulling open the shade. I spot Blaze below, standing in the middle of the street facing my window. As soon as he sees me, he strikes a match and drops it into the street. I cover my mouth with my hand, choking on a cry. There, in the middle of the dark, empty road is a fire. Not just any fire, flaming words. I, giant heart, you, Leah. My vision blurs as I watch the flames curl and lick and then die out. Blaze holds up a finger, uses a bottle of lighter fluid to write something else, and throws another match down. Sorry, it says. Hey, you! One of my downstairs neighbors leans out her window. I can hear everything uh, through the single glass pane windows in the old building. What do you think you're doing? I'm calling the cops! I throw my window open. It's okay! I open my window and yell down. He's with the FDNY! He can put it out! Blaze straightens... Uh, and pulls the hem of his FDNY shirt down to display the big white logo scrawled across his massive chest. Then he turns back to me and holds up his finger one more time. He writes again this time, happy birthday. I pull my head back out of the window because I don't want him to see me cry. Something this has, somehow this has turned into the worst and best birthday of my life. When the flames extinguish, all he does is lift a hand in my direction and walk away. He meant it about giving me space. I can't help but notice the gaping hole left in my chest cavity where my heart used to be. Space from Blaze feels so wrong. So does working at the station without him. I hate this solution. I shut my window but stay there, forehead pressed against the glass, remembering the beautiful flames shaping my name. He loves me. He said so. And how could I not believe it? He's willing to leave his station and his crew for me. <gasps> it's so beautiful! Oh! Oh, 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 oh. that's so lovely and who'd have thought this is you know what this is the biggest lesson of all when it comes to our our podcast Renee honestly is that you just you can't go in with expectations you can't bring your stereotypes you can't judge things yeah. from their cover or their title because I would hear fire daddy as an ebook on <laughs> kindle and I would assume yeah and yet the depth the nuance the beauty the tenderness the hot 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 hotness Oh. hot ginger butt plugs oh goodness yeah I mean, it was lovely it was so 
What is romance if not putting ginger root in someone's asshole? You know what I mean, Renee? I, I know what you mean, Julie. I mean, I, I'm now realizing I've never been loved. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're going to be alone. Um, great chat this week, Renee. Super glad that we uh, shifted tones from last week. But tell tell the children, Renee, what's what's what is next week? The start of. Ooh, it's the start of hashtag Naughty Noel. Yes, my little friends. I know it's impossible to believe, but we are a week away from December, which is batshit to me. December, like the month of March, took about eight years, and then we blinked and we were into December. So it's it's shocking to me that it's december but it's here and we are going to give you a month full of slutty smutty christmas hanukkah fucking kwanzaa new year's eve we got it all in the month of like december hold on to your butts yeah gird your loins friends because it's gonna be a wild wild ride might throw in a little instagram live in there at some point might have a might have some contests so you're gonna want to stay tuned Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was lovely chatting with you this week, Renee. Oh, so lovely. And I'm glad I got to share this story with you this week and all of our listeners. Honestly, when we do a retrospective of all of our episodes, we will have to make sure to give special mention to the book that involved both a pyrotech, like a pyromaniac firefighter. <laughs> yeah. And her love of being figged. Is that like fig figged is the verb is that what you say it or yeah to fig to she was he figging is 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 what they were doing they were figging isn't, she was figged isn't there a christmas song about figgy pudding <laughs> oh no uh, literally i'm like why does this word sound familiar and i'm like mm, it's oh. figgy pudding <laughs> oh my god oh I'm so sorry. Lovely. I'm so sorry Lovely. that I made that connection. Um, you, we, we were all innocent once, and then I came around and ruined it. Oh, Julie, do you want to bring us some figgy pudding and sing us out? <laughs> sure do. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.